Hello, my fine and gentle listeners. Let me turn this music off. How are you today? I'm doing great. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. Alive again, right? Boy, Jim's doing a lot of live. What's it really matter? You're not really listening. Well, they're listening to it after the fact, so it really doesn't matter. But every so often, someone does listen. Um, so call me an asshole for doing this. You're an asshole! Uh, but uh, I like doing this. I don't have it. I like not having having the point of no return. And we're going to talk about it today. I even forgot right now. I just wrote it down. I, I want to talk about just society in general and everything. But we're in the Keys. It's a it's kind of a overcast day here. It happens every so often. I'm sure it's going to be sunny eventually. There, uh, it keeps things cool here. I know in the rest of the country. Holy shit! And even in Europe, they got heat waves going on. What's this about? It's like the the Earth is warming up, but. Uh, Obviously, no one can agree on that, but so we don't have anything to do with it, right? Yes, we do, but I'm not talking about, necessarily going to talk about that today. Uh, yesterday, we spoke about uh, going up to Homestead, what's that like, you know, how how much, it, it's, I'm sure in small towns around the United States, people have to leave their town in order to get things and stuff like that. But hundreds of years ago, people didn't leave their town. They would just, a hundred years ago, they would just get, you know, order through Sears, Robux, Montgomery Rewards, uh, get it from their general store, whatever, or fabricate it themselves. But there wasn't a lot of stuff. They weren't making cell phones and shit. No one's going to be making a fucking cell phone. I mean, I guess someone could. You could make... You know, with a hobby kit, you could build a cell phone. I mean, there's just no ready shacks anymore, so you pretty much have to order all the shit online. But there, there's people out there that could do stuff like that. But, yeah, the more complex things get, the harder it is to get it locally, right? Because yesterday, when I was looking for podcast equipment, I'm thinking, I'm going to have to go online. And... I am reticent or reluctant to purchase online equipment that I'm not sure I'm going to use. Right? I'm looking for it. Everyone suggested this is good, that's good, but everyone has something a little different. Uh, I want the I want the sound quality to be great, but I'm not willing to focus on the time getting you know when. Someone to, you know, clean up the show, do some editing and things like that. Maybe edit out some content. I think I leave it warts and all. Right? Warts and all, everything goes out. So, recently, we've had another a young gentleman uh, who works locally died on a traffic accident. He was riding on a motorcycle. Uh uh, from all, I, I may have met the guy. He was a bartender at one of our local establishments. And from every you know reflection or remembrance I get from people that talked about him, he was a really great guy. And 
it's sad. He was a young guy. He was like 25, 26, and uh, died on a motorcycle. And a comment was made that kind of resurfaced. And it, this does not apply to him. I do not know the circumstances of his death other than that he was on a motorcycle. So I'm not saying that. But about a little over five months, maybe five and a half months ago, we had a death of another local person who was traveling at a high rate of speed on a motorcycle in Rock Harbor, which is directly south of Key Largo before you get into Tavernier and on the chain of islands here. Now, this is replicated across the world. This guy was going at a high rate of speed, confirmed by Monroe County. Because when there's dead people, they bring out the the morticians and the uh, crime scene investigators and things like that, and they put everything together. And physics tells us that this gentleman was traveling at a great velocity. And he went into a side, and this is from the... the uh, the death in January, uh, three people, because the motorcyclist was going at a high rate of speed, could be or could not be, have been doing a wheelie while he was doing, which is, you know, incredible. But the person was crossing the break in the highway going into a condo complex, and they weren't quite across it. Now, the person on the motorcycle was going over in excess of over 110 or miles an hour, probably more, which is over twice the speed limit. And judging from the closure gap, you know, so instead of, you know, if you're estimating six minutes, it's three minutes. And with a motorcycle, you don't see it when it's that great a distance away. So these people are crossing. They may not have seen it. Right, the guy is going at great speed because he probably couldn't slow down. He probably couldn't couldn't swerve, and he hit it so hard he turned over a crossover vehicle. A, a Bu- I think it was a Buick Encore, and he hit it on his side and he turned it on his side, and caught fire. And I've said it several times, but the when after it caught fire, the the two people in the front seat died, and the person in the back seat died. They couldn't find a motorcyclist. They just knew a motorcycle hit the side of it. And then they realized after a little study that the motorcyclist was in the back seat of the crossover. Yes. So that part of it, that explanation, so well, how did he get inside it? Well, because he was going so fast, he hit it. Now, what happened Subsequently, that we heard that the people that were staying in condo were not that well known. The people that died, the people that died just trying to get into their the entrance of the condominium. No one really did a remembrance for those people, but they were talking about the guy on the motorcycle. And a big whitewash campaign went on. Just the whitewash, just drop it. Not no further investigation. There was a report in the crime in our local paper, which I say is almost like a non-paper. They don't they don't do any follow up, and you don't hear about what happened. You don't go in. They don't go into any details because it would probably paint the local in a bad light. 
And the same thing happened a couple of weeks later with a woman in a car. And they actually had visual evidence of this woman going over 100 miles an hour and hitting an electrical pole about one mile north on the same side of the road. And she hit a concrete electrical pole so hard that her body was um, found in several pieces. But they didn't follow up on that, too. They just hear this woman did it. She she was from Key West. And they didn't go any, in any further depth of what, what the, the background story was, which is, what is news about? People say, well, you should mind your own business. Well, why the fuck do you have a newspaper if you're minding your own business? I'm looking at the newspaper right here today. And we'll talk about that, too. The, the, the newspaper is opposite of minding your own business. If there's newspapers and the news, you put news in it and someone someone's death occurs, maybe because it was a suicide, but this lady in the car, the lady in the car that killed herself, she could have very well taken someone else out if she wasn't careful. And the guy in the motorcycle, he killed two people. He killed two people because of his actions. I'm, I'm, I'm certain of it because they didn't talk about it anymore. They didn't talk about the people because they didn't give a shit. Locally, people didn't really contribute any force of emotion for the two people that died. So they must have been from outside the area. And the guy on the motorcycle was in it. So subsequently, months later, we talk about this, about... Because you hear about people driving very aggressively, and it happens with motorcycles a lot, you know, with these crotch rockets, they call them, or rice rockets, you know, Japanese uh, bikes, and they're built for, built for speed. They are built for speed. That's what they are. They're not built for cruising. They're built for speed. Being Even the position that you're, you're riding in isn't something you can sustain for, you know, 20 hours. You could, but, you know, it's going to kill your fucking back. So this guy starts uh, one of our locals a friend of mine he starts talking I mentioned something about it and he said that guy was not speeding those people pulled out in front of him and I said if he wasn't speeding the physics of that the accident would not have occurred the I mean it could have been an explosion still could have been an explosion but the body of the motorcyclist would not have found its way into the car he would have been flattened on his side And the force of it knocking, they, you can get it, someone to say, well, how much force do you need to turn a vehicle over when they're, you know, a motorcycle weighs a certain amount and a vehicle weighs a certain amount? How much force does it take? And it, they can directly backtrack that to the amount of force and they can tell what was the collision. Because if there was no head-on, let's say, from the vehicle, if there was no propulsion going towards their velocity towards the, the the motorcycle all of it was from the motorcycle all the kinetic force was from the motorcycle then they can tell you exactly you know with the weight of the guy and the weight of the motorcycle and they can tell you exactly how fast that would take within a couple miles an hour maybe five to ten that what it took to, for that accident to have that kind of impact so this guy started saying, well, it was the other people. I said, you cannot start blaming the fucking victims. 
And this was just about the one thing. Uh, it's not about motorcyclists. And I realize most motorcyclists are very cautious and very safe. And I see them all the time. It's like that thing I say, uh, it's even less than 10% for motorcyclists. It may be like, let's say 1% or 2% that drive carelessly. But that 1% and 2%, they make such a huge impact that people have this, they have an overblown sense of they must be half the motorcyclists out there are crazy. Not true. We have hundreds and hundreds of motorcyclists coming down here for uh, thousands for bike week. And we have them for these poker runs. And they come down here all the time and you never see it. But every so often you do hear them. I'm about 100 meters, 150 meters from the highway, and I can hear the motorcycle going. And and I can hear, I know the difference between going 45 miles per hour and doing 90 miles per hour. You can hear the sound, just the speed, the way, and the Doppler effect of the way sound goes away. So that 1% and 2%, I, I just have a suggestion, and we're talking about the greater good here now eventually. We're going to make that transfer to it. I believe anybody caught going in a manner, tra- traveling in a manner that could kill somebody, it should be upwards of like almost assault, attempted assault, and then attempted homicide. I mean, that, there has to be some kind of charge that where you seize the motorcycle and there's real criminal time for it. Real time. Because that's the way someone gets killed. I see so many people getting arrested on our Monroe County. And it happens all around the United States, the places, for marijuana possession or trespassing, right? Or some state law has to do with fishing. Right, and they they consider that serious, and it harms our you know could harm our fisheries, it could harm our properties, you know trespassing and stuff like that. Well, how about threatening our lives? The greater good. Where is the greater good? If someone's going 120 miles per hour down the road, that will change your life. If you're if a motorcycle hits the back of you going 60 miles, that's if you're doing 50 and they're doing 120 and they hit you from behind, that's as if they're hitting you at 70. Forget about hitting head on. So if you're going down, if they're speeding down this place where it's two lane road and you're going 120 miles an hour and someone's coming 50 miles an hour the other way, the closure rate is 170 miles an hour. You, in 170 miles an hour, you do not know what's going to, you, you do not have the time to respond some frequently. You don't. And a motorcycle, and a closure rate, it's a missile. It is going through whatever vehicle you hit. The only thing that probably, dump truck, a dump truck probably wouldn't, or one of those semis. You'll be embedded in the engine. So they should get serious about people that drive recklessly and do it often. So the first time, you just confiscate the motorcycle. They're going 120 miles an hour. Confiscate the motorcycle. Second offense, that should be a felony. 
a serious felony and it should be considered. And then you just track them and say, listen, we, we got it. We know who it is. And this is the second one. We have a, a, re- a record of them. And you say, hey, listen, this is it. Tie them up. Tie them up in court. Tie them up. They're the ones. That's, that's violent. That's violent. Carelessness is violence. It's like firing a gun in a crowded place. You don't let someone just go into a crowd and just pull out a gun, even though you have, in a state with open carry, I imagine you just can't go and fire a gun. Years ago, over 10 years ago, we had a gentleman that lived in Monroe County to set up his own shooting range in the back of his house. Now, it's tight quarters here. There's very few places where, you know... There's no one there. Like even if you had to back the ocean in your backdrop, you still have boats on the other side. So having to go shooting range, this guy had one with facing the back, the shooting range from his house was facing the canal. And there were other residences on the other and he built up a berm or land as a backstop, which is all well and good. But that's if you decide to shoot, you don't misfire and go up and it goes above the berm. People said, don't worry, I'm a good shot. What if you have a hiccup, a spasm or whatever? You're firing in that direction. I wouldn't want someone to have a firing range on the other side of if I was on the other side of the count there. But the, the law at the time in the state said... And still says to this day, I imagine, that local rules cannot stop someone from building a fire range at their house. And this person did this for a little while until they eventually, I guess they had to stop because there's not a million people doing it. Because, you know, there's where there's one out of 60,000 people. It's amazing we only had one. It's not everyone. See, like I said, it's not it's not. We always think it's everyone has. It's not everyone has a gun. I have a gun. Tons of people have guns. They don't do things stupid, right? That's greater good. It's like background checks. Most people agree to background checks. Most people agree that elevators need to be certified, right? In China, there was a recent accident. I think it was China where they don't have. They don't have that regulation thing. It's a communist country. It's funny when people complain about the the nanny state and stuff and saying we're going to be communist and socialist. Well, in a lot of these countries that purport to be socialist or especially extreme socialists like communist countries, they have very little regulation when it comes to regulation for the consumer and for the regular people. Like in the United States and all the capitalist Western democracies, you have public safety people, people that protect food. Like if you think of the way food used to be processed in the United States, read, I think it's the first name is John, but Sinclair's novel, The Jungle, and it's about the meatpacking industry at the turn of the century, the 19th, 20th century. And it was Crazy, You know, if you think about it, I mean, a logical a businessman and, a, you know, well thought out politicians thought, well, of course, a company would not put anything 
unhealthy in their food. Why would they? It's counterproductive. Capitalism means if you provide a good product and a safe product, then it'll sell well. While people didn't understand the motivation for profit extended to getting as much stuff out as possible and not worrying about things like rats and safety and spoilage. And all that came about by introduction of laws. Eventually came the Food and Drug Administration, the Agricultural Department, and things like that. And that was under Teddy Roosevelt, a Republican. That, you know, we we blame... We, we, we have a tendency to want to blame people and saying like this, I don't blame companies. Companies provide services and stuff like that. And companies become big. And they try to do things the most economic way. And they're fiscally responsible to the people, their owners, or their investors. So it behooves them to have a, a lot of black in their reports. I don't mean black as in... You know, it would be great, you know, if everything was diverse and all that. I'm talking about profits and less debits, right, or losses. So you're looking for more profit. You have to reduce the thing that you don't make money off. You don't make money off safety checks, cleanliness, and all those things. Though there is a business model in modern day America that where people say, well, we're certain, like a restaurant or a food processing plant. This is what we do. And we're very safe. Like, let's say, Chipotle, we require, we always have three boxes of gloves for our, our people that are working there. Make sure that they fit and all this stuff. And there's non-latex gloves for the people that have latex allergies and all this stuff. Make sure they're wearing a mask and stuff. So you don't have foodborne illness. I just picked... Chipotle out of my ass. But once you start seeing, we always seen, we've seen horror stories of restaurants that have rats and pests and, you know, hygiene problems. And it's just one of these things. People get wrapped up. If they didn't, if we didn't have these rules and we didn't have these checkups, there's abuse, there's abuse by the policing agencies or the agencies that oversee food production and something. There is abuse. But there's a reason why we have these agencies is because of the scarcity of accountability. And that extends, so it comes from when you're, you, every so often you have people that aren't beholden by that morals. Let's say morals where we want to hold we don't want to harm people but there's careless people there's careless people they let things slide and it could be as innocuous as a bolt on a on a on a vehicle that causes the brake system to fail because someone doesn't want to report it because it was their responsibility and they let it slide. You know how they pick. This is how they pick do recalls. They recall. Uh, they even showed it in. Con- they shows it. They show it 
to how it works in comedies. It's like something about Mary, right? Uh, what happened? Uh, ben Stiller's buddy, who ends up being Woogie, Woogie and, and something about Mary, he's an attorney. And they handle, I guess he handles recalls and stuff like that. And they do the math about how, they, they do a math and see, if we do rate, is it going to cost us more to do the recall or pay out for the indemnity what we owe for our negligence? And it's a dollars and cents thing. That's happened with the Ford Pinto when I was a, when I was a child. Ford Pintos were vehicles that were made in the 70s and I don't know if it made into the early 80s, but and they started realizing because of where the gas tank was and the way it was set up that if they got rear-ended, there was a, a, a more of a likelihood than any other vehicle for that to uh, for a, high, much higher than other vehicles for it to blow up. And Ford Motor Company had to decide and say, "Well, we can pay a million dollars for each one, or whatever to do, or we can just recall them all." And then what happens, you know, it's funny. That's the way things are. That's the way people do What will it cost us to do this? What if someone finds out when people make decisions? That, that's corporate or in personal lives, when we make mistakes. What will it cost you and your reputation if you say you made a mistake? I do it on a smaller scale all the time. As a bartender, people say, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't have this. Uh, someone says I'm allergic to something, I screwed up their order. You could blame someone else, hope they don't catch it, or you can try to address it right at the time. Now, it's not the magnitude of repercussions must be maybe much lower for me, but it happens at such a frequent pace. It could happen day to day if you're having a bad week screwing up. And you got to do it all the time. You go, oh my God, I wish I didn't screw up uh, this this often on your own. But when you're busy, it happens. And you take ownership. And being able to take ownership increases the reliability of your brand. And your brand could be your vehicle. It could be your own work ethic. In a relationship, it could be that way. You say, my bad, when I lose my temper, I go like this, oh God, I got to admit. The people do it in personal lives when they screw up. And just their interpersonal relationships. I I was a little testy. I am so sorry. And the more frequently it happens, see, you're always apologizing. You say, but I do recognize it. Why? What are you trying to do about it? I, I'm, I'm thinking about meditation and things like that. But I think that's part of the way being able to take sincere ownership of the things we do without beating yourself up too much. You don't want to be one of these people that are miserable about it. You don't want to be too highfalutin and say, well, I take ownership to my mistakes. So like when I'm speeding, like, or when you get stopped by a police officer, there you go. Years ago, when I first moved down here, I had, I've been stopped two or three times down here. And one was for a perceived traffic offense. And it was a, a, a traffic offense. I didn't make a three-second stop at a stop sign. And the guy said that to me. The uh, sheriff's deputy said, hey, do you know what happened? I go, was it a three-second stop? He goes, yes. You, you just kind of coasted and went. And it was one of these 
side streets in the Keys where there's very low traffic. But it was actually near the place I went into AA. And they asked me, well, the second question he asked me after that, he goes, when was the last time you had anything to drink? And I told him like this. It was over a year. say a year and a half. And this was years ago. And the guy looked at me and goes, okay, if I look at your license, am I going to find anything on it? And I said, well, you're not going to find anything up here. And I'm good to go in any other state, too. I only live in, you know, uh, there shouldn't be anything. And there wasn't. And he let me go. And the other time they stopped me because I didn't put the cap on my oil reservoir in the same vehicle. And the oil was splashing all over and the car was smoking. And the guy said, it looked like your engine was on fire. And when we opened up the engine, the oil caught fire because of all the oxygen went in. And then the sheriff's deputy, nice guy, grabbed his extinguisher and blew it out. And that car still went for another two years after that. After caught, the engine caught fire. But it was topically on fire. But why why do we have a problem of just like when you're speeding, you're going 70 miles an hour in a 50 miles per hour zone. And they say, do you know what you were doing? Yes, I was, yes. And they ask you like that. It goes, okay, now that's part of the battle. They're going to give you a ticket or not give you a ticket. They got record of it a lot of times. They get taken. If you admit to it, a lot of times a sheriff's deputy say, yes, I know what I did. I am. I wasn't paying attention. I was going along with this, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people go, well, come on. There was no one on the road or everyone was doing it. You know, a lot. I mean, I'm saying I was going along. And you, you might be able to say I was going along with the flow of the traffic if you weren't passing anybody. And I don't want to make this all about traffic. It's all about a, it's 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 the way we issue gun permits, the way we do it. Why why can't the the greater good if when people get together and say, why can't that be how we get things done? But people have their single agenda. People, their single agenda. And there's people on. There's certain people that, if you think about it. If you feel comfortable enough doing the uh, 120 miles an hour down the, the road, a crowded road and buying pass and stuff like that where there's traffic, then you're pretty much saying, well, I pretty much know what I'm doing. I say, you do not know what you're doing. Obviously, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. So when we're, whenever you do things, take a little per, personal responsibility. Think about the greater good. It's like dropping a penny off the Empire State Building. You don't know the physics of that. You do not realize that that, uh, that penny will reach uh, terminal velocity. I'm going to have to ignore this phone call because Abby's calling me right now. But I know it's about food. And she's going to ask me if I want to have... Roast chicken. I'm going to have to... Okay. Let me... You know what? I'm going to take this. No? Stopped. I'm going to... I'm going to send her a text saying I'm doing a podcast. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. She's going to call me back. I am doing... Abby. Let's get it. I am doing a podcast. I am doing... 
a live podcast. She doesn't like talking on it. I would normally pick it up, but I don't know. Okay. She's probably asking, yeah, it's a supermarket. She's probably asking if I can, uh, you know, get this. Do you want that? Can I get you this? I hope so. But it's when everyone has a diverse thing. Like, if their one thing is, if, if their one thing is, I just want to have my gun. And that's all it is. They're one issue person. But there's people that own guns and they don't want everyone to have guns. You know the crazy guy down the street that talks to himself? Everyone has one, a crazy woman that has birthday parties for its cat, their cats and dogs and stuff like that. Or has, you know, does all sorts of things. You hear them get in arguments with people and you say, wait a second. They're getting an argument outside and, you know, think, well, they must have... You know, it's really strange for someone to get in an argument with a headless, a headless set, a hands-free headset. The person's in their 70s. No, they're not having an argument with someone on the phone. They're having an argument with the air, with imaginary friend. And you think, well, do I want that person to have a bunch of weapons? Think of the poor lady in the uh, grocery store. Was it in Mississippi, Alabama? I don't know where it was. Texas. This week, a clerk asked someone to please put their mask up because they required him in the store. The person left the line, went out to their vehicle, grabbed the gun, came back and shot that person and killed him. Killed the the, uh, cashier and then got into a gun battle a little with the off uh, or retired police officer with security. And he tried crawling out. Cowardly acted most. He just fucked up. Like, they let the... They got the most of them. Their anger got the most of them. I don't know how many times I got someone angry that they should have... They may have done that to me. I don't know. But is that a reason not to tell someone anything because you're worried about being hurt? Like, are we not... Because the one thing that made me do this conversation was someone said about someone, a rule of thumb. They said, rule of thumb, when a motorcycle's coming down the road, don't pull out. And I go, why? Well, you don't know how fast they're going. Oh, he said, so we have to change our behavior because of a motorcycle. Because you see a car, you assume they're going, well, most are going 70 miles an hour. You don't think they're going 120 miles an hour in a residential area and stuff like that. It's not the fucking Autobahn. But now we got to change our behavior. You see this? We see the stickers. I agree. Look, look twice for motorcycles. Be careful with motorcycles. Where's the responsibility at one and two percent? I said when they're going 120 miles an hour, 130 miles an hour on the road, it's their responsibility. So when they hit a spot or they hit a dump truck or they something like that, that's their fucking fault. Whenever you do something like that. When you get on one of those fucking hang gliders and all of a sudden some crazy wind comes up and points you straight to the ground, that's your fault. Or you wear a wingsuit, the guy in a wingsuit, the jet 
pack wingsuit that you know the famous video of the guy taking it and you just see him go under a bridge but he doesn't quite get under the bridge if you know what I mean at a hundred and something miles an hour hits the side of the bridge that was his fault when you die on a and Joe Rogan said it when you die on a side of a mountain on K2 because you don't have enough oxygen in your heart thing that is your fucking fault you had to pay to be there And if someone else dies because of your negligence, that's manslaughter. Easy peasy. I'm not going to say Japanese. Right? So we're going to wrap up and also with, uh, you know, 21st century, we're all concerned about diversity. We're not all, not everyone's concerned. And they're pissed off about it. They're pissed off about things that you know, maybe sometimes, a lot of times, people in power have neglected people of other races, belief systems, lifestyles, uh, immigration status. And they're just, it's just coming to bear that there's some people that haven't come along with the times. They're not aware that you know, we're not going to, we're going to arrest people. We're not going to kill them if we don't have to. Like, obviously, if someone's owning, if someone's holding someone hostage and you got a sniper and stuff like that, well, we don't know what this guy's going to do. Once you're holding someone hostage with a gun to their head and you're trying to kill them and stuff like that, yeah, there could be a violent ending to that. But if someone's getting stopped for not wearing a seatbelt, Right? Maybe at that point you don't kill them. So it's a balancing act. Right? They're not saying, you know, I believe black lives matter. I believe police lives matter. I believe, though, that not all police officers should be protecting the bad police officers. And because of what bad police officers do does not paint all the police officers with it. A lot of them, and I've come in contact with them, are really, mostly are great guys. It's like the motorcyclist, one in two percent. It's like rapists. Yeah, men are typically, you know, if they're caught, if there's a rape going on, you don't think, well, was it a woman? No, you think it was a man. It doesn't mean all men are rape rapists. As a matter of fact, rapists are so prolific, they don't do it one time. They go and do it. They do it multiple times. Just their thing. It's wrong. They should go to jail for it. But it's not all men. It's not race. I'm raised Catholic. You hear Catholic. I went to Catholic boys school. People say, well, you're an altar boy. No, no, no. But you know what? Not every altar boy got assaulted. It was just turned out that some of the priests, very few priests, that did it, did it serially, serially, meaning they did it multiple times. They became, I guess, normalized to that in their head. They do that thing. And that's how, that's how I view it. And that's what these things are about when they bring it out. It's not about you, uh, 
Mr. Officer, police officer. It's not about you, man. Not about you, priest. Not about you, the nurse. I mean, if one you know, nurse gets arrested for being one of angel of death, then you've hear, heard a couple of things. Put in that where they put people, you know, they, they put in some, they kill them by pumping them with some kind of uh, poison or something like that, and they kill people in hospices and stuff like that. You found them. That doesn't mean all nurses are like that. Not all Boy Scout leaders. Not all women that complain about things are Karens. Right? And just because you have a problem with someone that happens to have a different skin color doesn't make you a racist. But there are racists that always have a problem with people because of their skin color. And it's to be able to accept that and say, hey, yes, there was, okay, was a right white privilege? Yes. Was all people, all white people, you can't tell the people in Appalachia that they have white privilege? They don't want to hear it, right? But there are white people that get away with a lot of shit. And there's people that get away with... Uh, if you see, see it in the, in the um, blogs down here, just the amount of people that are intoxicated on the roads down here, incredible that they're still driving in the United States. You don't see that... There are... They're getting. They're going to get more serious here in the United States. It's going to start, and you see it getting more and more and more and more. And over in Europe, they don't have that problem as much. When they do, it's really when someone goes off the reservation. You hear some fucking guy getting into a bulldozer in Russia, and decides to take out every fucking car in the village, right? But you get caught, you lose your license, and there's no. You know, specific lawyer for doing that. Now, there's I'm sure there's people that get. Um, but hey, Bruce Springsteen got arrested. Bruce Springsteen got arrested with a DUI. Hmm, on a motorcycle. That was in November. So at least you know, privilege doesn't always play itself out. So we got to find a way, even thing. We think about greater good, and then we can address injustices. And just like our local governor does not want to designate the Pulse nightclub in Orlando a landmark or whatever and stuff, it doesn't want to commemorate that mass killing there. You know, does not want to have that. Well, too bad. It doesn't mean you're I, I, the saying is it doesn't fucking mean that you're gay or anything like that. But you should be able to protect them. It's a common good. You know, we just don't get it right. They don't think about getting most people safe. It's like when there's a thunderstorm. You don't go under a uh, a tree. Not because you're definitely going to get hit. Because you're more likely to get hit. And so what you do, you avoid that. You avoid open fields. You do whatever you can to protect yourself. And not being totally frightened and stuff like that. But not everyone has a right to put... People do not have the right to put your life at risk because of their behaviors. And I'm not asking for a nanny state. I'm asking for common sense. Just let's fucking do it. There's And it's not going to stop it. It won't stop it. But you shouldn't 
be able to do the same thing over and over and over again. We get people pulled over down here with suspended license all the time. Always get it with suspended license. And you know what? They go to jail and stuff like that. And they're, they're getting used to it. If you drive on a suspended license, you go like, oh, you're going to do some time. Is that worth it? I mean, yeah, you got to get the work. But these people are doing it on their vacation and shit like that down here. You know, pay your child support. Don't drive on a suspended line. Don't drive drunk. Don't go 120 miles per hour on a 50 mile in a 50 mile per hour zone or a 45 mile zone. It's easy. Don't fire a gun in a crowded place. Go to a uh, firing range. How's that? Don't poison someone else's food. You know, if people were so smart, they wouldn't have to put a picture on the size of a bucket to tell them that you shouldn't let your kid, your baby, play with a five-gallon bucket that has water in it because they could drown. But people aren't that, they don't get it. They don't get the pool, the unlocked, when you have a pool that, and you have kids all around you and there's no fence that a kid could just run in and fall in the pool and drown. It happens all the time. It happens a lot. Because of the fucking frequency of the pools down here. And you just see people say, Where, where's so-and-so? Oh, oh, God. Fuck. Just, you know, I know it's not all fun and games all the time. It's not all funny, but... I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing people making excuses. I've done it. I've been careless. That's all I have for today. I appreciate you guys for listening. I want to say hi to uh, Sean, uh, Ace, Dave here. I know you've been trying to reach us. Uh, you know, yeah, Dave, you're going to have to figure this out technology. I don't always like to be a listener on the other end. That's the one thing I can't experience, to being a person listening to my show live while I'm on the show live. That becomes like a fucking out-of-body experience. Uh, Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I really do appreciate when I get emails from listeners. Uh, So if you can... Send something. Just I just want to know you're listening. I know you're downloading. I get hundreds and hundreds of people a week doing it. Why not? Why can't you talk? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna humiliate you or anything like that. Uh, I don't get any. I don't even get any angry ones either. But uh, you can email me at jimandkeysbartender.com. I'm going to be trying. We did Papa Joe last week. We had him on the show. So I'm going to be trying to in an up, upcoming weeks do more co-hosted shows so uh, till then take care and uh, if you do come to the Keys check us out at the Catch Restaurant uh, at Mile Marker 102 and tell them the Keys bartender sent you when you come in okay thank you very much and have a great day let's put that music on